0: Welcome to the Our Savior Speaks podcast from Our Savior Episcopal Church located at 4227 Columbia Road in Martinez, Georgia. Through this podcast, we'll be sharing messages of hope and encouragement that can be found in the life and lessons of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We will also explore ways in which God can work through each of us to make our Lord's grace and love a reality for all of humanity. This week's Our Savior Speaks podcast comes at a time when the world is facing some incredible challenges. As I was preparing for the sermon that you'll hear in just a few moments, what really caught my attention was the lessons for this past Sunday that are so relevant and how they address the conflicts that we are witnessing in the world at this time. In Paul's letter to the Philippians, he is uh, encouraging them to, to lead a better way of life, a way that can help them realize the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. And then in Matthew's gospel, Jesus has parables that are about choices. Now, if you read them too quickly, it might seem like there's just this king who is mean and wanting to get revenge on people and and not invite people or kick them out of the wedding banquet, but if you look at it more closely, we see how that the choices of those who had been invited are actually what condemned them when they choose not to follow. They choose not to change. And I have more to say about that as the sermon goes on. So again, this week, we're going to focus on Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, verses 1 through 9, and from Matthew's gospel, chapter 22, verses 1 through 14.
1: A reading from Exodus. When the people saw that Moses delayed to come down from the mountain, the people gathered around Aaron and said to him, Come make gods for us, who shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Aaron said to them, Take off the gold rings that are on the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters, and bring them to me. So all the people took off the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. He took the gold from them and formed it in a mold, and cast an image of a calf, and they said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar before it, and Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow shall be a festival to the Lord. They rose early the next day and brought burnt offerings and brought sacrifices of well-being, and the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to revel. The Lord said to Moses, Go down at once. Your people, whom you brought out of the land of Egypt, have acted perversely. They have been quick to turn aside the way I commanded them. They have cast for themselves an image of a calf and have worshipped it and sacrificed to it, and said, These are your gods, O Israel, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, how stiff-necked they are, now let us let me alone, so that my wrath may burn against them, and I may consume them. And of you I shall make a great nation. But Moses implored the Lord, his the God, and said, O Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against the people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with great, a great mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say it was the evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from your wrath, turn from your fierce wrath, change your mind, and do not bring disaster to your people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, your servants, how you swore to them by your own self, saying to them, I will multiply your descendants like the stars of the heaven. And all this land that I have promised, I will give to your descendants, and they shall inherit it forever. And the Lord changed his mind about the disaster that he planned to bring among his people. The word of the Lord. Be to God. A reading from Philippians My brothers and sisters whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. I urge Udo and urge Sympathy to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers. Those names are in the Book of Life. Rejoice in the Lord always again, I will say. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ.
2: Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew.
0: Glory to you, Lord Christ.
2: Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying the kingdom of heaven may compa- be compared to the king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves saying, tell those who have been invited, look, Then he said to his slaves, the wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go therefore into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you,
0: Lord Christ. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So as I read the Old Testament lesson from the book of Exodus this past week, I thought, wow. The countries that are listed in the readings for this Sunday are some of the same ones that are making headlines in the news today. It reminded me that even though humanity has made huge strides in things like technology and healthcare, transportation, communications, and and other critical areas of living that we've all experienced in our lifetimes, there is still a core human factor that remains. Regardless of any improvements in our lifestyles, we humans are still capable of inflicting incredible harm and suffering on other humans. We are still capable of harboring ill will and seething anger to the point of irrational actions that can lead to the detriment of others. Yes, we are still capable of straying very far from anything that our Lord presented as ways that we can make God's kingdom a reality in this lifetime. We humans almost seem hardwired with a default position, really, of an us versus them mentality. Now, I'm not going to comment on the details about the most recent, complex global conflict that has erupted, other than to say that it is a complete and utter tragedy of epic proportions for the innocent people who are suffering, for those who have lost their lives, and for those who are living in constant fear for their lives amid the crossfire. Sadly, though, this is still another multifaceted human catastrophe that will continue shaping the world in unforeseen ways, like so many other wars have done throughout the existence of humankind. Now, whether in war or during our own individual disagreements, we all know that passions can run high. Our natural inclination might be to defend our position, sometimes even at all costs, but this way of thinking can conflict with the ways in which we are encouraged to engage with the world For example, in his letter to the Philippians that we heard just a few moments ago, Paul says, Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. And my moments of greatest displeasure, I I don't know about you, but I tend to forget the nearness of the Lord. I tend to forget that it is always in my power to introduce change into a situation rather than just following through on a path of escalation. If anyone here has ever had similar feelings, you now know that you're not alone. (laughs) And we also have the assurance that God never gives up on encouraging us to get it right. In recent weeks, if you've been following the lectionary, we have seen how Jesus addresses ongoing conflict between him and the religious leaders of that day. But rather than seeking to defeat them with brute force, notice that that he tries to help them. He tries to help them come around to his way of thinking by sharing his thoughts through parables. And so by following the progression of parables over the past few Sundays, we are aware that Jesus continues pressing forward even as he faces hostility. Now in today's parable, Jesus tells a story about a king who sends his messengers to summon those who had been invited to a wedding banquet for his son, but they would not come. After the king makes repeated attempts, we hear this familiar theme of how the messengers are then maltreated and, and then even killed by, by those who are supposedly the invited guest. Notice how the king's decision to welcome others was met by decisions to decline, to ignore, to maltreat, and yes, even to kill In other words, their decisions led to the invitees really condemning themselves. But this is not the end of the story. When the initial guests reject the king's offer, the invitation is then made to everyone, which included both the good and the bad, as it says in Scripture, so that the wedding hall was filled with guests. Notice how here the king's in Jesus's story expands this invitation with the hope that everyone, yes, everyone, will eventually reply in a positive manner. Now, not only though, I don't know if you picked up on this, this, this very important point, but if you go too fast, you might miss it. But not only, not only is the king extending this invitation beyond those who originally refused, it actually appears that those who shun the king are also being given a second chance when he mentions both the good and the bad. It is interesting for us to think of this in the way God invited the world to be in communion once again through his son Jesus, and how Jesus and his followers were often rejected by the initial invitees before the invitation was made to the entire world. I believe that one also of the most challenging parts of today's parable for Matthew's gospel is when the, that, that one wedding guest... That one wedding guest, when he is removed from the banquet simply because he chose not to wear the proper attire? I don't know about you, but that's kind of a head-scratcher, right? We might wonder that if the invitation was made to all, then why is this one person being singled out? Well, we have to keep in mind the imagery that's going on here and not get too literal, so let's do that. When we choose to follow the path of Christ... Don't we normally speak of this as as being a change that occurs in our lives? For example, the service of holy baptism that you can find right there in the Book of Common Prayer, it includes a series of renunciations and promises that point to change. Our baptismal covenant refers to change through a series of questions and answers. And the point where the water is applied... And the words are spoken is where we acknowledge that a change is taking place as we are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit that is then followed by being sealed by the Holy Spirit in baptism and being marked as Christ's own forever. A change that occurs. So the person here in Jesus' parable that's who's not wearing this wedding robe he likely represents those who hear the message of God's grace and then makes a choice. That, that they choose their own path that prevents them from expecting, excuse me, accepting a change that only God can provide. The man without the wedding robe not only doesn't change into the garments for the banquet, notice here that he also remains speechless when confronted. Yet another seemingly minor but very important point. Because here I believe that our Lord is encouraging us to, to use our imaginations for a moment, to go beyond exactly what we're seeing or hearing in this story, because it's what doesn't happen is important, because he is speechless. And, and I believe that our Lord is encouraging us to really wonder what may have happened If this man had simply offered an apology, which really should prompt us to think about what happens when we choose to repent, what will happen when we come together in just a few moments for our time of confession and absolution, when we are sincere in asking God to forgive us of our sins, aren't we asking for that change? So at the heart of Jesus' parables, just like what we find at the center of his life, there are consistent messages and examples showing that there is absolutely nothing more important to our Lord than choosing to accept God's invitation for humanity to be united with divinity. For this union to occur... Changes are likely necessary in how we live and view our relationship with each other and the world. One of the most significant changes might be kind of shifting our focus, maybe shifting it from an inward view that may be primarily on self-preservation to then looking beyond ourselves to the ways that we can help make God's kingdom a reality for all in this world. As I stated to the Wednesday lectionary study group, who comes here at 11 o'clock each Wednesday, we talked about the, the, the choices we make in choosing to shift our efforts to bring positive changes to the world might seem daunting when we consider all that needs attention. However, when each of us starts by trying to make the slightest positive impact in our sphere of influence, in the result of our collective efforts, well, it can be limitless. As Paul says to the Philippians, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. He goes on to say, keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. So as followers of Christ, we have learned and we have experienced much in our lifetimes, and we are presented with endless opportunities to apply that knowledge. We'll not always get it right. But I believe that we should choose to never give up trying. So when we realize that our choices might be leading us away from God's grace, we should remember that our Lord is always ready and always waiting for us to accept the invitation to, quite honestly, a better way of living. For each of us, there is a wedding robe with our name on it. I have no doubt about that. The choice, though, it's still ours to make. The choice is for us of to whether or not we wish to remove that which may need to be set aside and then clothe ourselves in the garment of God's mercy and love that can lead us to the reality, that reality that Paul points to in his epistle, where we choose to accept the peace of God which passes all understanding. Amen.